It's good to be here on Pastor Appreciation Day and honor my friend. Uh, he's he's not just a mentor, he's my friend. Uh, he's been there for me. I cut my hair today just for him. <laughs> just so he wouldn't say I look like a hippie today. And uh, But he's been my friend since the day I stepped out. I uh, one Right after I resigned, I resigned on a Wednesday, on a Wednesday night. And I believe I called Brother Todd on Thursday and told him that I had stepped out into evangelism. At that time, I mean, me and Brother Todd knew each other from, from Beaver Creek meetings and things like that. Hadn't spent a lot of time with each other. And I called Brother Todd and I said, man, I just want you to know I'm, I'm going to step out in evangelism. I'll never forget. He was in a funeral. He said, I'll call you back. I'm, I'm about to go into a funeral. And a few days later, he called me. He said, listen, I want you, I want you to know that I'm here for you. He said, if I, if I can't help you, I'm sure not going to hurt you. And he said, I'll pray for you. I'll help you. I'll do whatever I can. And since that moment, I've, I've went into a lot of churches only because of Brother Todd. Um, Brother Todd was able to get me in those churches and introduce me to other people and, and push me and, and help me. And there's been a lot of times I've wanted to quit and I've wanted to give up. I've tired of driving and uh, tired of being on the road. And he'll call me and encourage me. Keep me going. There's been a few times I've wanted to fall asleep while driving. And Brother Todd called just in the right time. I was coming through Atlanta one night. It was about midnight. I had just got into Atlanta. And I was trying to get home. And my phone rang. And it was him. He said, you tired? I said, I'm very tired tonight for some reason. He talked to me all the way to the house. And so I appreciate that. Uh, I love your pastor. And one thing about him is you go meet you meet a lot of pastors. You You get to meet a lot of men on the road. You get to meet a lot of men that... Sometimes seem happy in the pulpit and seem absolutely terrible outside the pulpit. They don't want to be there. They don't want to. I can tell you this, that I've never heard that man ever say a, a cross word about this church or about the people he pastors or ever say, I just, I, I don't want to go there no more. I don't want to do it. No. I've always heard him be upbeat. He's always encouraged about this church. He loves you people more than you'll ever, ever, ever Ever, ever know this side of heaven. You'll never know how much him and his wife love this church and love you people. You ought to be appreciative of having a pastor that loves you as much as he does. And having a wife, a pastor's wife, that's as good as she is. And she puts up with him. Amen. <laughs> Take your Bibles this morning to Exodus 17. I was hoping Tina was going to cook today. And I said, man. And Tina done made some stuff and brought to my house. And I said, Lord, have mercy. It was so good. So I'm going to come back when it's homecoming and all that stuff. Just so Tina cook that stuff. Uh, but uh, it is good to be here. Exodus 17. And when you find your place in verse number 1, I'm going to read a little bit more than I usually do today. <clears throat> and I want you to pay attention to the Scripture here. This is a familiar story in the Word of God. It's, we've, heard, we've heard many of this preached throughout our life. And uh, we've studied this story before. And I'm probably not going to tell you anything today that you've never heard before. I'm not going to tell you anything new. But I want to put this story today in perspective in the life of your pastor, especially, and in the life of this church. If you're in verse number one, say amen. amen. That was the weakest I think I've heard in a long time. Amen. amen. The Bible said, And all the congregation of the children of Israel journeyed from the wilderness of sin, after their journeyings according to the commandment of the Lord, and pitched in Rephidim. And there was no water for the people to drink. 
Wherefore the people did chide with Moses and said, Give us water that we may drink. And Moses said unto them, Why chide ye with me? Wherefore do ye tempt the Lord? And the people thirsted there for water, and the people murmured against Moses. And said, Wherefore is this, that thou hast brought us up out of Egypt to kill us, and our children and our cattle with thirst? Moses cried unto the Lord, saying, What shall I do unto this people? They'd be almost ready to stone me. And the Lord said unto Moses, Go on before the people, and take with thee the elders of Israel, and thy rod, wherewith thou smotest the river, Take in thine hand and go. Behold, I will stand before thee there upon the rock in Horeb. Now shalt smite the rock, and there shall come water out of it, that the people may drink. And Moses did so in the sight of the elders of Israel. And he called the name of that place Massa and Meribah, because of the chiding of the children of Israel, and because they tempted the Lord, saying, Is the Lord among us or not? Verse number 8 is very interesting to me. Then came Amalek and fought with Israel in Rephidim. And Moses said unto Joshua, Choose us out men and go out and fight with Amalek. Tomorrow I will stand on top of the hill with the rod of God in my hand. So Joshua did as Moses had said to him and, and fought with Amalek. And Moses, Aaron, and Hur went up to the top of, of the hill. And it came to pass, when Moses held up his hand, that Israel prevailed. And when he let down his hand, Amalek prevailed. But Moses' hands were heavy. And they took a stone and put it under him. And he sat thereon. And Aaron and Hur stayed up his hands. The one on the one side, the other on the other side. And his hands were steady until the going down of the sun. Joshua discomfited Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. And the Lord said unto Moses, write this, in a, write this for a memorial in a book, and rehearse it in the ears of Joshua. For I will utterly put out the remembrance of Amalek from under heaven. Moses built an altar and called the name of it Jehovah Nissi. For he said, because the Lord hath sworn that the Lord will have war with Amalek from generation to generation. Let's pray. Father, we love you today. And God, we come here today to honor your man. But Lord, most of all today, we come here to honor you. Lord, we honor the, the God that's inside of the man. Lord, we thank you, God, for preacher Todd and his wife and his family. We thank you, God, for what they've done here at this church and what you've allowed them to do and the way you've worked through them. Lord, right now, God, we come before you and we ask you for your help. God, we ask you to speak to the hearts of your people. Lord, we ask you to encourage this church, to challenge us today. God, we ask you, Lord, to visit with us today like you never have before. God, move in this place today. Bind every hindrance of Satan. Loose the power of the Holy Ghost. Lord, I pray, God, today you'd use me for your glory. God, preach me with power and an unction. Give me the anointing I need, God. Lord, I love you. Lord, I thank you for all that you do. Cleanse me of sin. Empty me of self and fill me with the precious Holy Ghost of God. Save that one nearest to hell today. Reclaim the backslider. God, do exactly what needs to be done in our midst today. Lord, we believe in you. God, we believe you can. Come visit us now in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You can be seated. If you study the life of the children of Israel, when Moses began to lead them, 
You will know that they're going through their journeys. They're going up and they're going down. They're going up and they're going down. They're going to find their way to the Red Sea when they escape Egypt. They're going to come through the Red Sea and they're going to come on the other side victorious. Matter of fact, the first song ever recorded in the Word of God is on the other side of the Red Sea when Miriam began, began to beat her timbrels and they began to sing the horse and the rider hath he overthrew. They began to have camp meeting on the other side of the Red Sea. But only three days into their journey after the Red Sea. They're now searching for water. They began to complain. They began to murmur. They began to talk bad about Moses. They just went from one of the greatest victories in their life to one of the greatest valleys in their life. They couldn't find water. Their journeying is going to go up and down all throughout their, 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 their journey to the promised land. We're going to find them fight battles and do all of these things. But here in the passage, we're going to find them come into a place called Rephidim. If you study out that word Rephidim, you will understand that that word means resting place. It is a place between wanderings is what that means. So they found a place between the wanderings of the wilderness. They found a place to sit down and rest. They found a place they could go and sit down and rest from the enemy. Do you understand today? That is a picture of the house of God. In the day we live in, our life is up and it's down. We face victory or we have victories and we face valleys. We're going to go through this life and one day's going to be good and the next could be terrible. But aren't you glad for a place that you can come and sit down in the house of God and rest a little while and hear the Word of God preach to you and encourage you? Aren't you glad today that we live in a nation that we have the freedom to gather together today under the name of Jesus Christ and worship Him and raise up our hands to heaven. Aren't you glad today? Hey, when everything else is going wrong, there's one thing that's still right. It is the church of the living God. It is still right today. It is still worth it today. It is still good today. People try to say, I don't need to go to church. Friend, in the life I live, I need to go to church every day. I need to be in a place of rest. I need to find a place in the midst of my life where I can find some help and some comfort. You ought to be happy today that you can come to Turning Point Free Will Baptist Church and it's going to be open and the lights are going to be on and the air is going to be running and there's great music and there'll be good preaching from your path. You ought to be glad today that there's a place of rest for you. Now, they get to this place called Rephidim. Now, I'm gonna, and we're going to go through this thing today. And, and I got somewhere I want to get you, so we're going to jump right in. Number one today, I want you to notice it is a place. It is a place of opportunities. The place they chose to lodge. If you take notes, there's your first point. The place they chose to lodge. It is a place of opportunities. It is a place where things can happen. It is a place where they might get to feel God. It is a place they can sit down and they can focus on their Lord. They can focus on the one that got them out. They can focus on Him for a little while and not try to focus on on all the problems. But they can focus on the problem solver. So many times in our life, we walk through 
life uh, looking around for issues and looking around for the problems. Uh, and our life is so tore up uh, that many times we come into the house of God and our mind is so vexed with things uh, that we cannot focus uh, on the God that saved us, uh, on the God that redeemed us, uh, on the God that's in our presence. Uh, sometimes uh, I'm like the psalmist. Uh, I need to just be still and know that He's God. But I feel like i got to have my guard up all the time because the enemy's attacking here and he's attacking here and attacking here. But I'm glad when I get to the place where God is, I have the opportunity to sit down and feel Him like I never have before. Aren't you glad that when you come into this place, you've got the opportunity to feel the God of heaven. You've got the opportunity to watch Him move. You've got the opportunity to feel His power and to feel His presence when you walk in the doors. This is the place where the Holy Spirit of God dwells. Amen. I've been in this place uh, when this place has went crazy and then people running around hollering, people getting saved, uh, things happening. Uh, you ought to be happy today that there's an opportunity for your life right here in this church. It's a place of opportunities for them. They've not had an opportunity just to sit down and rest. They've not had an opportunity just to get focused. They've not had an opportunity just to sit back and enjoy it. And just enjoy it. Hey, sometimes I preach every day. I preach all the time. Hey, just the other night I was in a church in, in Brunswick, Georgia. On Monday night, I was tired. I mean, I'd already preached twice on Sunday. I preached Monday morning. And then I was preaching Monday night. Monday night, God showed up. And the preacher started getting happy. And the Lord started touching the preacher. And the preacher's up there preaching. And I'm sitting on the front row and God's speaking. God is speaking to me. And God is moving on me. And for the first time in a long time, I had the opportunity just to sit there and get fed. I had the opportunity to sit there and, and, and bask in the glory of God. I had the opportunity just to sit. No enemy around. Just sit there and, and focus on my God and my Lord. Sometimes our life gets so out of hand that we miss the opportunity that God has put before you. Don't miss this today. God brought you here today so that He can speak to your heart, so that He can move in your life, so that He can do something for you, so that He can do something for the church. Don't miss the opportunity to find God and to find help and to find what He hey, what you need. Don't miss that opportunity this morning. So many of us will focus our, our efforts everywhere else and we'll miss the opportunity to visit with God. Amen. Sometimes we get focused on everything else and we miss Him. We miss Him. You say, preacher, you can't miss God. Oh, yeah. Ask the, ask the disciples. They were in the boat and the Bible said and the storm was raging. And in the fourth watch of the night, He came walking to them on the sea. And they didn't know who He was. They, they supposed Him to be a spirit. And the Bible said, and He would have passed them by. He would have walked right by them. He would have passed them by unless somebody would have called out to him. Do you know, I believe there's a lot of times that we come to church and we're so focused elsewhere. We're focused on our storms and we're focused on our situation that the Lord's passing by and we're missing Him as He's coming by. We're missing Him as He's walking by. Ain't nobody calling out to Him. Ain't nobody begging for His presence. Ain't nobody begging God to move anymore. We come into church and we roll through the motions. We roll through everything we do every week. We just roll through it. 
When's the last time you just got down on your face before church started? You ain't worried about nothing else, but you're begging for God to move. You're begging for God to move in your life. Don't miss the opportunity to get a hold of a holy God that can heal you and that can help you and that can do whatever He needs to do. It was a place of opportunities. But let me go further. It was not only a place of opportunities, but it will show and prove to be a place of obstacles. Uh Uh-oh. Hold on. Hold on, preacher. That don't make any sense now. You're talking about the church. Yeah, I'm talking about the church. You're talking about the house of God. Yeah, I'm talking about the house of God. You're talking about the place we come and sit down and rest. Yes, I'm talking about the place that you come and sit down and rest. Yes, I'm talking about the house of God. If you think for one minute uh, that the house of God will never have an obstacle in it, you are mistaken, friend. Because what God is building up, uh, the devil's trying to tear down. And the devil will do his best uh, to try to tear this church down. And to try to tear that man of God down. And to tear his family down. He'll do whatever he can to come after that man because he knows if he can get him he can get the rest of the church hopefully amen goes right there right preacher goes right there amen it's a place of obstacles the bible says the bible says they 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 pitched in Rephidim. they got to the resting place they got to a place of recovery they got to a place where they could be replenished and revived And all of a sudden, the Bible said, and then came Amalek. Do you understand that? Let me break that phrase down for you even more. As soon as they get into a good place with God, here comes the enemy. Here he comes. Hey, let me just say this right here to you. You have great meetings here at this church. Some of the best meetings around here, man. Some of the best revivals and jubilees around here. I mean, this church has it and this church is known for it. But it ain't going to be long right after that meeting's over that then comes Amalek. And he's going to try to come in and fight down and kill what the Lord is doing. And he'll strive. He'll get strife between church members. He'll get things going on between church members. Well, he said this and she said this. And, and the whole time the man of God is trying to keep the thing together. He's trying to keep the spirit up. He's trying to get you to focus and realize this is a place of opportunities. This is a place where God can move. And many times I've heard this man of God get behind the pulpit and challenge you and tell you, hey, God wants to do something at turning point. God wants to move at turning point. God wants to bless here at turning point. But because this one's fighting with this one and this one's fighting with this one, all of a sudden Amalek comes in the door and you don't even know what's going on. The enemy will try to attack you in your place of opportunity. He'll try to put obstacles in your life. He'll try to put things that's going on and try to get your mind off of the Lord. And many of us will fall to that. We'll fall to that enemy. It is a place where things begin to happen. All of a sudden, one of the obstacles, they didn't have no water. Joe, water in your Bible is symbolic of the Word of God. And it's symbolic of the Spirit of God. Can I say this? He preaches the Word. You can't say you ain't got that here. He preaches the Word. Whether you like it or whether you don't, He preaches the Word. And I've been in this place where the Spirit of God has took off. 
And crazy things have happened here. I remember I got a picture. I'm sitting behind that cross. And I'm telling you what's the truth. I'm three sheets in the Holy Ghost. I don't even know where I'm at. Just sitting over there gone. I've been here where the Spirit of God has moved over this place. You can't say you ain't got that here. But so many people will try to fight it. Well, I ain't getting nothing from the preaching. I ain't getting this. And I ain't getting that. The meal hadn't changed, honey. It's still the same. It's still the same meal. There is water here. But the devil will try to convince you that you ain't got water. You ain't got what you need. The church down the road's doing this. And the church down the road's doing this. And they got this. And they got this. And we ain't got... He'll try to convince you and bring obstacles in your path. He'll try to bring obstacles in your way. One thing they forgot. They forgot that they served a God that parted the biggest body of water that they'd ever see in their life. They forgot they served a God by the breath of His nostrils. Blew the Red Sea and it stood up. They forgot that God had already ordained a man to lead them and to guide them and that through God's power that man would lead them to a place of water if they'd just follow the problem we have today is people ain't following the man of God and the thing hallelujah I'm preaching and the things of God anymore we get obstacles in our life and we get our eyes off of Jesus we get our eyes off of God we get our eyes on material things we get our eyes on everybody else but can I tell you this the main goal for turning point is to keep their eyes on Jesus and understand that that man of God is the shepherd under the Lord. And if he says it, you better believe it because God is on that man. See, sometimes, sometimes you allow obstacles to blur your vision. You allow obstacles to get your eyes off the right thing. So many churches today, they allow obstacles in the church. And you know what the first thing the children of Israel did? is the first thing the church of 2017 does. Well, it's the preacher's fault. See, I'm preaching to y'all today. We ain't swinging from the chandeliers this morning. But I'm preaching to y'all today. Y'all ain't liking this type. Amen. So many times, things happen, Joe, and the first finger that's pointed is right there. Or, or right there. Well, the preacher's wife didn't call me. And she didn't come by. And he, he should have done this. And he should have done that. We start blaming the man of God for the obstacles we have allowed in our life. Huh? Amen. Hallelujah. When they didn't have no water, they started blaming Moses. They said, why did you bring us out here, Moses, to die? Did you bring us out here so we could just die? People in Spartanburg don't do that, do they? Why'd you do that, preacher? Just to get us in debt? Why'd you do that, preacher? Just to spend money? Why'd you do that, preacher? Huh? Man, it got quiet on me. Y'all either mad, or I'm standing in your pew. We start pointing the finger at somebody else to put our problems on him. They're blaming Moses, and it ain't Moses' fault. Remember, he's not your enemy. Your brother and sister is not your enemy. The Bible said we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and against powers. Remember this, there is a real enemy, and he's out to tear down this church. It's a place of obstacles. Let me hurry, because y'all didn't like that one. Y'all really ain't going to like this one. 
It's a place of opposition. I don't think we should do it that way. I think we need to go back to Egypt. No, I don't, I don't, I don't think we need to do that. We need to go back to Egypt because in Egypt we had water. And if you'll go into numbers, they, 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 they were, they're getting fed manna. And they come up and they said, but, but, but hold on. We, we, we don't have meat to eat. We need meat. And then they said, back in Egypt, we had all the meat we could stand. Let's just go. See, they're, they're, they're always wanting to go back to Egypt, Joe. They're always wanting to go back to something that's easy. They're always wanting to go back to a place they can live in bondage, but still have what they want uh, and be pleased in their flesh. Uh, we're living in that day in 2017 where people want to live in the world and be bound by things, uh, but please their flesh. What we need today is a church that say I'll live separate from the world. I'll never go back. I'll never turn my back and go back to Egypt. I'm going to live for God. I'm going to stand up for what's right. I'm going to live a holy life. I'm going to live a life separate from this world. See somebody today needs to get up in your mind. I've come too far to turn back now. I can't go back. I'm going to stand up. God's provided every step of the way. He'll provide again. God will provide again and again and again and again. Don't let opposition stop you from the place of opportunity. See, you've got an opportunity here at Turning Point to affect this community, to affect this nation, to affect this state. Don't allow opposition to keep you from your opportunity. Don't allow your oppositions today. To keep you from your opportunity. Hey, somebody better write that down. Amen. That's good stuff. Listen, I got to hurry because I'm getting hungry. Amen. Number two. Now we find them. Now, we, now, we, now, 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 now. Listen, let's, let's, let's just bring this thing back. We find them in a place that they can rest. And we find the enemy attacking. And we find Moses now. Moses, they're looking at what we're going to do. What we're going to do. You know, when when things go awry and things go wrong and problems come in and financial issues or whatever it may be, the first place we look is the same one we pointed our finger to earlier. <laughs> it's his fault, but what are we going to do? Lead us. Where are we going? How are we going to do this? What are we going to do? You know, and so Moses, the Bible said he cried out to the Lord. He does what any good man of God will do. He seeks the presence of God. If the man of God does not seek the presence of God, Amen. what good are we doing? Amen. And so the Lord tells him to go up and smite the rock and he'll, 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 he'll give the people water and then Amalek's going to come anyway. What are we going to do? What are we going to do now? So Moses now, number two, I want you to write this down. <laughs> We've got the place they chose to lodge, number two. It's the plan of a committed leader. The plan of a committed leader. What did Moses do? He said, I know what I'll do. Joshua, I've got a plan. This is it, Joshua. Yeah, he's talking to Joshua now. This is a warrior. Joshua, you pick you out some men, and you're going to go fight with Amalek, okay? Now, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go up on top of the hill, and I'm going to hold the rod of God up. Yeah. Yeah. Does, anybody ever, does anybody in here find that to be a terrible strategy? I do. I do, really. 
You're going to do what now? <laughs> you want me to go fight? And you're going to go up on the hill and hold the rod of God up. That's it? That's your plan. This is Amalek we're fighting. Y'all starting to see it? It don't even make sense. You mean you want me to go down there? And you want me to fight against an enemy that's bigger than us? And you're going to go up there and hold your hands up? <laughs> I'd be like, what do you think, Moses? No! We going, you going to fight with us. We got to do something else. Moses said, no, 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 no. I'm going up there. We find his plan to be simple. And we find his plan to be strategic. When we don't understand. That's why I was fresh from heaven right there. And it felt good when I said it. I felt the wind blow on me. Moses, my God, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, Moses... Moses felt something. He knew something that, that everybody else didn't know. My God. Hallelujah. I feel the Lord God speaking to me right now. Hey, Moses had been in a place with God before. And he said, if I can get back to that place, I can get, I can get everything else taken care of. If I can get back to where God is, if I can get to feel God, I've been there in the cleft of the rock when the Lord passed by and His glory passed. I've been there when the Lord spoke to me and I come down off the mountain with so much God on me. They had to cover my head up because the people if I can get back to where God is, we can get this thing taken care of. Sometimes you may not understand the plan of the man of God, but understand this. He's got a strategy. He's been with God and he's trying to get back to where God is. Get your Bible. Now here's the plan. I'm going to hold my hands up. Hold your Bible with both hands. And the rest of the time I preach, do not let your hands down. Now, pay attention with me for just a little while. Everybody focus on me. His job every single week is to lead you. His job every single week is to get in the presence of God so that He can preach the Word of God to you to help deliver you from whatever you're going through, to help lead and guide you, to give spiritual help to your family, to be there for you. This is His job. That's what He's supposed to do. This church don't need to change their programs. You don't need to add this and do that and take away this and take away that. The Bible said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto myself. If He keeps preaching the Word and He lifts up the rod of God, people will come in the doors because they hear about the good news of a man named Jesus. They hear how Jesus can save. But that is his responsibility. His responsibility is to make sure that, that he stays in that position. That he stays in that place. That he don't move. His responsibility is to make sure that he keeps the rod of God lifted up so that you and your family can find help. That is his strategy. That's what he's supposed to do. Preacher, it don't make no sense now. It don't make any sense. I want our preacher to do this. And I want our preacher. But God wants him to do that. See, sometimes it gets hard. Sometimes that's where it starts. That's where things begin to happen. See, right now he's vulnerable. He is vulnerable. Because if you let your hands down, they die. If you let your hands down, their marriages crumble. 
If you let your hands down, them teenagers right there are going to go out in the world. And they're going to, they, they, they'll wind up in places you didn't, you, you didn't never want them to go. If you let your hands down and you give up, you may lose them. And you may lose families. And you may lose these other children. You may lose everything that you've worked for if you let your hands down. And I know it hurts. And I know it's hard. And you're vulnerable because right now the enemy can try to attack you. And you can't do hardly anything about it because you're trying to keep these people alive. You're trying to keep them safe. You're trying to keep them where they need to go. But yet the whole time you're hurting. Yet the whole time the pain is real. The problem is real. The whole time understand this people. The problem and the pain gets real in his life. Do you know how painful it is for people to walk out these doors and say I ain't coming back because I didn't like this. And You know how painful that is to him? Do you know how bad that hurts him and his family? He has held up that rod of God and he has suffered for this church and he suffered for you. He's been there for you and it hurts him. You know how bad it hurts when he stands up behind that pulpit on a Wednesday night and ain't nobody here and ain't nobody coming. Do you know how bad that hurts him when he studied for hours? He studied for weeks. He has studied and poured in so he can pour out to you and nobody comes. That hurts the man of God. But yet there's nothing he can do about it. God told him to hold up the rod. I want y'all to get a reality today. You know how bad it hurts. You know how bad it hurts when he, when he hears people saying stuff about him or about his family. You know how bad it hurts him when people sit there and point the finger at him, and point the finger at his family, and they never offer a hand, a hand to help. You know how bad that hurts him. You know how bad that hurts his wife. Because what, what you don't see is when he's standing there like that and you're starting to hurt, ain't it? It's starting to get, starting to get heavy, ain't it? See, try holding your hands up for that long period of time and see how bad it hurts. And what happens is when he comes home tired and he comes home weary, he ain't got nobody to pour it out on but her. And she's carrying the burden too. And she's hurting too. And she sees how bad he's hurting. And that hurts her. And then his little girl sees how bad he's hurting. That hurts her. See, you don't understand that sometimes when we don't believe or we don't we don't agree with his leadership or we don't agree with what he's doing, how bad that hurts him and his family when all he's trying to do is follow God. That's all he's trying to do. He's not trying to hurt you. He's not trying to he's trying to follow the Lord. That's all he's trying to do. But we find we find the pain. The pain in service is not fun. Josh, the pain is not it's not fun, but it is real. It is something you feel every day. It is something you wake up to every day because every day he wakes up, he's got to get that Bible and hold the route of God up. And it starts to hurt. His arms are killing him right now, I'm telling you. But now watch. Watch now. You say, preacher, what do we do? Well, well, Jazz, he had a plan and he suffered pain. But he knew that if he dropped his arms, the enemy would prevail. We find the plan. We find the pain. But thank God we find the people. The Bible said Aaron and her. They saw it. And they realized how bad he hurt. And they got up and they went and helped the man of God. They held his arms up. They held his hands up because he hurt. 
They held his hands up. They knew that somebody had to go help him. Somebody. You can't just rely on him to do everything. Somebody's got to go help the man of God. Somebody's got to be there to lift him up. Who's going to help him when he's hurting? Who's going to be there for him when he's down? Who's going to be there to be to, to lift up his arms when he can't hold it anymore? That's your responsibility. That is our job as a family. It's not just preacher and congregation. We are one family united under the blood of Jesus Christ. And we have to come together. It doesn't matter if you got a title. It doesn't matter if you're just a church man. It doesn't matter. We're one family. We are united together. And we are to help each other. We can't make it divided. The Bible said a house divided against itself will fall. But if we stand united, all of hell cannot stop us. If we stand together, if we unite, if we help the man of God, if we help get, if we help support his strategy, we'll find ourselves in a place, we'll, we'll find ourselves in a place of victory. We'll find ourselves in a place of great opportunities. You want a title for my sermon? Here it is. Would somebody please help the man of God? Would somebody get up and help the man of God? But here's our dilemma. Right now, everybody's looking and there's two men up there holding his hands up. And everybody's thinking, well, they got enough people. There's enough up there to hold him up. I'll just let them do it. No, you get yourself up and you help the man of God. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what you are. You go help the man of God because he needs you. His family needs you. His wife needs you. His children need you. He needs you so that we can get to a place of victory. So that we can experience God. So that we can do things that nobody's ever done before. You need to get around the man of God. You need to help the man of God. <laughs> it don't matter where you come from. It don't matter. Help the man of God. Support the man of God. Support his family. Support his wife. Support his children. He's trying to lead you into a place of victory. Do you understand that? Sometimes it's not fun and sometimes it hurts because the word cuts you. But he's trying to get you to a place of victory in your life. He's trying to lead you there. He's trying to get you there. Now watch and pay attention with me. Watch the scripture. Pay attention with me. Now I'm going to tell you what it says. The Bible says that when he put his hands down, Amalek prevailed. But when his hands were up, Israel prevailed. Now watch. Watch this, Joe. If I'm Amalek, I'm a warrior, I'm a fighter, I'm going to notice that when his hands go down, I'm winning. So what am I going to do? Forget everybody else. I'm going after him. But let me show you a little something. Let me show you a little something. When you begin to do things... For the Lord, and you band together, if I'm the enemy and I'm trying to get to Him, I, I just can't. You see what I'm saying? We're united together. I cannot get to Him on every side. On every side, I'm blocked. Joe, I'm blocked trying to get to Him. I cannot do it because we are united. But you let one person get out of the way. You let one person move. You let one person not be in their place. And I'm getting to him. You see how important it is to stand united? Do you see how important it is to be together? Because right now, I can't get to him. Look around, folks. Look around right now. This is the way your church was designed to function. 
This was the way God intended for the church to function. United, not divided. Not divided by denomination, not divided by all. We are to be united under one banner. And, and when Moses, after they win the battle, the Bible says he built an altar there. And he called the name of that place Jehovah Nisi. Do you know what Jehovah Nisi means? It means the Lord, my banner. The Lord, my banner. What he's saying is, is we are united under the banner of Christ. Nobody can tear us down. Nobody, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. There is no enemy that can take us down if we stand united under the banner of the blood, under the banner of Jesus Christ. We will be alright. Now, just for, just for a moment, just for a moment, everybody take your hands off of it. Let me in here. Let me right here, Joe. There's going to come a day, and there's going to come an hour, when all these people around you, they can't be with you. They're not going to be there at 3 o'clock in the morning when you're hurting. They're not going to be there when you're struggling. They're not going to be there when you're crying yourself to sleepovers. They're not going to be in your home. They're not going to be there for you. But that brings me to point number three. The power of a constant Lord. See, the Lord, the Lord said, I'll never leave thee nor forsake thee. And when you begin to do the will of God and nobody else is there to hold you up, up from heaven, there'll come an unseen hand. That'll hold your hands up. When you don't feel like you can go anymore. When you feel like you're done. There'll come a hand from heaven. And he'll say I got you. I called you. I ordained you. I've, I've used you. And I'll continue. I'm here. I've never left you. I've never forsaken you. I'll be there. So when nobody else can be there, you rely on the unseen hand of God to hold your hands up because you will win. You will be victorious with God on your side. You cannot be beaten. Remember, you remember that when nobody else is there, there's there's a young bald-headed evangelist in him and that'll hold your hands up when nobody else will. When everything else goes wrong, I'll be there. I'll hold you up. I'll do whatever I can for you because you mean that much to me. I love you and I'll, I'll support you you but but listen even when i can't be with you there's a god i said todd i loved you that much that i'll hold your hands up come here tina come here hannah get around your daddy sometimes sometimes you're gonna have to do it sometimes you gotta let him know daddy I know church gets hard sometimes. And I know, I know, I know it's hard to watch your daddy hurt and watch your daddy go through stuff. And I know it's hard that your daddy has to leave a lot of times when he's with you and he's got to leave and go somewhere else to be with somebody else. But he's doing the will of God. And I know sometimes that don't make it any easier, but he's doing what God told him to do. And he's doing his best. And all he needs is for you to hold his hands up and say, Daddy, I'm here. Daddy, I'll pray for you. And I know it's hard on you. I know it's hard on you. You get the least recognition out of anybody in the ministry. You, nobody pays attention to you in the ministry, but yet you have to go through so much. And if he knows you're holding his hands up, he'll hold yours up too. And together, that's how you're going to make it. That's the only way you're going to make it. 
And when the people start seeing that, what you need to do is get around her, get around her, and get around him, and hold their hands up together. Because God called him, and God brought them. Amen? And so we help. That, that's what our Lord wants us to do. Turning point, you know how you're going to make it? You're going to make it when you decide to live your life and serve God just like this right here. This is how we make it. You understand? You may not agree. You may not understand his strategy. But just trust and believe he's following God. Amen. Can I get somebody to play piano? Just play the piano softly for me. All right, everybody. This is what I want you to do. As she plays, I want you to spend a minute as a church family, as the body of Christ. Now, everybody take your hands off of him. Put your hands down. I want everybody to spend just a minute getting around their preacher, getting around his family. And I want you to pray that God will protect them, that God will use them. And then, then listen to me. I want you to listen to me good. Then I want you to get around each other and pray. The Bible says, bear you one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. And if you know there's things going on in each other's life, go pray with each other. Get on these altars together. Let's pray for the man of God and his family today. He needs it. The enemy's attacking him with all of hell. He needs it. Pray for them. Go ahead. I'm going to move out of the way. Y'all pray for your, your pastor. Father, we come to you today in the name of Jesus. God, we come to you today in the name of your Son. Father, we ask you for the man of God today. God, we ask you today to undergird him with your spirit. God, to lead him under the anointing of God. Lord, that every time he stands to preach your word, that you would anoint him. God, that you would use him, Lord, that you'd give him souls for his labor. Lord, I know, God, I know the enemies after him and his family and his home. Lord, I know, God, that he's a fighter and that he's fought in his family, his wife, his daughter. Lord, I know that they go through so much stuff. But, Lord, we ask in the name of Jesus for you to protect. Build a hedge of protection around them. God, don't let any enemy in. Don't let the opposition gain their attention. God, I pray today that this would be a place of opportunities for your people. God, I pray for this congregation, these people. Lord, I pray, God, that you would use them to reach souls. That you would use them to change lives. That you would use them to change this community. To do something mighty in this nation. God, and I pray 
Lord, I ask you today to bind them together with the blood. That they would stand united. That they would stand together. And that they would see victory like they've never seen before. Lead your people to victory, God. Use your man to accomplish your goal. God, how honored we are today that you chose us. How honored we are today that you're our God. God, we do not take it lightly to serve you. Lord, we trust you. We believe in you. Now do your work. Do what you need to do. In Jesus' name. Amen. Maybe today you need to pray with each other. Take a minute and pray with each other. If you need to get on the altar, get on the altar. Whatever you need to do today, you're at liberty to do that. Take time to pray with each other. It's not just the man of God that goes through battles. You and I go through the same battles. You go through issues. And I would never want to minimize that to make you think that you don't. I know you have heartaches. And I know you have trouble. And that's what we're here for. To pray for each other. This is surely a place of opportunity. This is surely a place that God can do mighty things. Bless His name today because He's good. Amen. I said He's good. Amen. He's a good God. And He'll continue to lead this place. And lead your pastor as long as you allow it. Follow the Lord. Band together under the blood. And let Jesus do the rest. Come on. I'll do it. I'll do it. Alright. Don't look, listen. Don't leave here today until you get things right with God. I don't want you to walk out and miss what God's doing. Don't miss Him walking by. You hear me? Don't don't walk out of here today and say I just I just didn't get it. I just didn't don't miss him walking by. But today to honor your pastor and his family, we're going to eat together. Understand this that one of the greatest joys as a pastor is to sit down with your family, your people and eat with them. Just spend time with them, talk to them, hear them talk, hear them laugh, watch them cut up with each other. That's the greatest joy as a pastor to watch your people happy. And so please stay. Please stay and eat. Honor your pastor. Honor his family. Go by and tell them how much you love them. How much they mean to you. Thank them for their service. Do that for him today. Amen. He deserves that. Amen. I believe that. I do believe that. So there, there's food prepared in the back. And y'all folk around here, y'all eat a lot. Y'all know how to do it. All right. We're going to line up. 
And I have watched, listen to me, I've watched numerous times the pastor and his wife and his family eat last. I've watched them serve others. While everybody else is eating today, they're not going to do that. Today, they're going to go first. And I would ask a few of you ladies, if you could go ahead and head back there. And as they come back, if you would serve them today. Get them whatever they need. Serve them. Tina, don't do anything in the kitchen today. Nothing. Alright. So if a few ladies are head back there now. We're going to bless the food. And they're already gone. Okay, Rick. We're going to bless the food. And then we're going to ask the pastor and his family if they would go ahead. And go ahead and go. And then we will line up and we'll get in line and we'll go eat with them. And we'll have a good time. Remember, no service tonight. So stay a while. Fellowship with one with another. All right? Love on each other. Let's pray. Father, we love you today. God, thank you for your, thank you for your, your fellowship with us today. Thank you for your presence. God, you've been good to us today. Lord, we thank you for showing up. Lord, we understand today that you didn't have to. But we thank, we thank you, God, that your spirit moved by us today. God, we ask you to bless the food. Bless the hands that prepared it. Bless this congregation of people, God. Lord, these people mean a lot to me. Lord, I love them. And I pray, God, that you would bless their homes, bless their families. Bless this church like you never have before. Bless the man of God and his family. And Lord, most of all today, we bless you. We thank you for who you are. We thank you for being our God. We honor you today, God. Go with us now. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.